hey, future Chris here. We don't usually do this in the podcast, but this is such a new film that we're doing. We just wanted to point out that there will be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Matt. Hey, it's me, Chris. And there's no pregnant pause for the guests for today. <laughs> we're alone. Yeah, we've basically decided that we ought to jump on uh, to our respective interwebs and talk about a fantastic movie that we both watched by accident at the weekend. And everyone's talking about it. Yeah. And we had to go on it quick because the rating's going up. So, like, literally, when I first watched this, it was sort of, yeah, saw this and I thought, ah, oh, this is definitely a, a, one of our podcast films. It was like a five point something on IMDb. Um, it's already up to a 6.7, which makes it borderline not for us anymore. Well, yeah, and our other sort of marker is Rotten Tomatoes, as you'll know, and it was a bona fide splatter back at the weekend, and now it's 61%. So we are basically just uh, clinging on to this one by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> yeah, we're riding the wave. <laughs> but yeah, it's Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, by the way, if you didn't already know. But before we dive into that, let's uh, do some housekeeping. So if you like the podcast or you're new to the podcast, make sure you like and subscribe and download the back catalogue. And if you're really enjoying it so far, leave us a, a lovely five-star review because it helps us climb that ladder in terms of the Every uh, man and his dog, woman, child <laughs> has got a podcast now, thanks to lockdown, COVID. <laughs> and so it'd be great to have your support on there. And also, if you want to f- support us financially, we have a Patreon site. So just look at the pinned tweet on our Twitter page and our Facebook page, and you can donate if you wish and help us subscribe to our uh, provider. It just, every little helps. My wife said to the other day, she was like, oh, um, my, my friend wants to start a podcast, wants to know if you could give them some advice. And I was like, are they white? And he's like, yes. <laughs> are they are they male? And like, yeah, yes. And uh, are they are they middle class? And like, yes. Tell them not to bother. <laughs> so anyway. on Saturday, I'll paint the picture about this movie. On Saturday, I sat down. My wife said, "Oh, let's watch something." And I said, "Well, it's when it's late. It's like nine o'clock at night. You don't really want to be putting a movie on at nine o'clock at night." Unless it's something light-hearted. Well, I said we could do this Eurovision thing because it's supposed to be, you know. A bit of fun. I bet in the back of your mind, it was like, I could probably do this for the podcast. I could yeah, see yeah. The podcast one too. Absolutely. Um, so we put it on. Two hours later, we're humming and laughing along to the songs. But how did you get on to watching it? Kind of the same. Yeah. So we was knocking around on a Saturday and the kids kind of like a, <laughs> like they like a family movie in the afternoon. And I'm like, uh... and I, I looked up. I did, I did research to see what kind of 12 it was. Because some 12s are horrible and some yeah. 12s are... You know, Harry Potter's a 12, for fuck's sake. So um, I thought, yeah, this would be fine. So um, as a family, <laughs> we sat down and watched it. And uh, uh, yeah, my kids loved it, especially all the swearing and the sex talk. <laughs> right. Ever since we were children, we've had one dream. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. All right, everyone. This is Secret. We are Fire Saga. Who wants to hear Eurovision song? All of Iceland thinks we are a joke. That's not true. And my father is ashamed of me. No, he's not. He looked me into the eyes and said, I am ashamed of you. Maybe he was drunk. He said, and you might think that I'm drunk, but I am dead sober. Idiot. 
officially, Fire Saga will be representing Iceland at Eurovision this year. I hate them! Absolutely terrible. They're old, disgusting people. But we have no choice. So we're in. Yep. 42 countries, hundreds of performers, and a worldwide audience of 180 million. This is Eurovision. Wow! You have to watch that guy. He is a sex player. Hey, looking good. Secret, very beautiful voice. Thank you. We are a duo that will never be separated. George Michael said something about other wham guy. <laughs> no one even knows his name. Andrew Ridgely. You have to stay focused. We need to win. What are you doing? I just want my ding-dong to look bigger than what is really there. Smart. Yeah. I could do a camel. Do a classic camel. It's never out of style. Yeah. Let me do the plop synopsis for you. Anyone who's living under a, a rock for the last few days might not know about this movie, but anyway. When aspiring musicians Lars and Sigrid are given the opportunity to represent their country at the world's biggest song competition, they finally have a chance to prove that any dream worth having is a dream worth fighting for. This is something where it probably has a lot more kind of uh, nuance and traction in Europe. And for anybody that's seen the crazy fuckfest, which is the Eurovision Song Contest. Like, as an American watching this, if they're not into the Eurovision Song Contest, which I imagine is niche at best out there, yeah. this must just seem like a fever dream. But it is normal. Like, this shit could happen on the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah. That there is nothing unusual about any of the performances that you see in this film. Do, do, you, want, do you watch the Eurovision Song Contest when it's on? Not the Eurovision... Sorry, can I just say that again? Because I didn't mean to sound like Sean Connery. Do you listen yeah. to the Eurovision Song Contest, Matthew? Sometimes I watch the Sean Contest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I was never a fan. I was never a fan. And um, then uh, when we lived abroad um, and we, someone threw a massive Eurovision um, party and we thought, this is a bit strange. And we went along and there was drinking games and all sorts of sundry activities <laughs> went along with Eurovision. And um, yeah, I had, a, I had a whale of a time. And uh, yeah, subsequently since, do tend to catch it if it's on television because it is, it is crazy. It's nuts. Do you watch it? Yeah, I went for a stage of watching it for quite a few years and got quite excited about it and used to get a little bit tipsy on my own. My wife's Ooh. never been interested on in it really, but I, I just found the whole spectacle and the campness quite interesting. One year, I, I actually got into one of the bands. It was like a, they were from, where were they from? Somewhere, you know, European. And, uh, <laughs> Not necessarily these days. <laughs> they were called the Common Lynettes, and they, I think the Netherlands, and they came second, and they were a nice little country, like duo. And they had a lovely little band with a, a pedal steel guitar, which I was, I'm well into anyway. And I bought the album and the album was fantastic. So it's, you know, <laughs> really? yeah, yeah, sad. Bought music, music from a band that was in the Europe. Yeah, yeah. The Common Lynettes, they're quite good. They, they sound like any very, you know, Radio 2, uh, Bob Harris country band that you would listen to. And, you know, I like a bit of that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I've stopped watching it recently, but only because I don't think, They've had sort of probably a shit film to watch instead. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoy it when it's on. I think it's good fun and I think everything's very good humoured and 
and, talk about Tweez, man. And Graham yeah, Norton yeah. makes it a lot of fun. And Graham Norton's obviously in this film as as himself. As himself, himself. Yeah. yeah. Well, let, let's do the cast because um, this let's is a do the cast. This is a Will Farrell joint, and it, and it's, this is his idea. I think he he, he wrote it and or was co-writer on it, and is, is a big Eurovision fan. So he's front and center. He, he plays Lars Eriksson. Got Rachel McAdams, who does a, a fantastic turn, I think, as Secret, his partner, Dan Stevens, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> Piers Brosnan, we get a two for one with Natasha Dimitrio and Jamie Dimitrio, who turn up, brother and sister in real life, who turn up in this movie, which was a, fanta- a really good surprise because uh, they're great um, actors, comedic actors as well, and writers. We get a lot of authentic um, Icelandic actors in this, which yes. br- bring that kind of dark uh noir um well yeah you'd recognize them from yeah. a lot of the scandy noir crime exactly. drama right <laughs> yeah and the bits where they're sort of chewing over whether the, this band should make it in or be be listened to at all i've got that real kind of gravitas to them they really frame them even so where the offices they're sat on are sat in sorry are really kind of resemble that kind of stark minimalistic sort of spaces <laughs> yeah 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 um and they all do really well in it and I, I would probably do them all a disservice if i tried to sort of um pronounce all their names but i think that element of the of the film is fantastic i think they all do really well but let, let's let's dive into will farrell will farrell sorry <laughs> um, obviously it's his pet project and he's sort of um but he got introduced in he via his wife because his wife's Swedish and she was a big fan of the Eurovision and made him watch it. And then he was just like hooked. It looks like one of his films without even touching it. I was a little bit, well, the reason I, I jumped to this because I thought it'd be a good podcast film is because of obviously the last stinker of um, Holmes and Watson, which should have worked. It should have been brilliant because it had him, John C. Riley, and a myriad of Steve Coogan and, you know, Everybody in it and directing and inviting involved in it turned out to be this on paper probably shouldn't work, but does work. I think ultimately the, the reason is the subject matter is so bonkers that it outweighs any of the other crappiness. Because if, you, if you're on board with Eurovision, then you're already going to see all the little nods and winks to it and you're going to go with the flow. But they're not nods and winks, are they? They're just massive klaxons. It's like... Yeah. Uh, here's another. <laughs> here's another person that used to be in Eurovision, uh, <laughs> and another one. Oh look, someone's playing a piano in the street. Uh, but he's from Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. He was the winner not the last year or the year before. Yeah, um, so there you go. So it's weird. It did. Will Ferrell was kind of doing his. Um, was it a Blades thing he did? The the, the ice skating film he did. Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. It's got like elements of that. His Don't character. The hair and his his whole kind of oh you know he's too old to be in this game. That um that's actually a really good point, and I think when we did Holmes and Watson, it, we it this is what we touched upon is that in in Will Ferrell's successful films, the character that he inhabits and plays is the center of the joke, right? He's mm. he's not in on the joke, and they have a naivety and kind of a, an innocent sweetness about them. Whereas in Holmes and Watson, it was it reversed. It, it would sort of like turn the joke on everyone else. He was no longer sort of like the butt of his own joke. Whereas again, in this film, he's back to being, you know, someone that is just awful at what 
their dream is for, but somehow managing to get closer and closer to it. And you, you, you're rooting for them because they are so naive and so naive. Naive. <laughs> naive. <laughs> I'm telling Ryan and Matt Berry there. <laughs> they are naive. <laughs> Close thy mouth, word witch. Get your ass over here. <laughs> so money supermarket. <laughs> Uh, quite often when I read my children's story at night, s- slip into a quick Matt Berry just to oh, amuse yeah. myself. I'd love to slip into a Matt Berry. <laughs> uh, obviously, speaking of Natasha Dimitri, she's obviously in the fabulous What We Do in the Shadows with Matt Berry, which I finished the other day and is, um, as a second season is much better than the first. And the That's first glorious. It's absolutely yeah. glorious. And, and Jamie Dimitri, yeah. we talked about him earlier on, but um, Stafflet's Flats. Yes. Uh, have you ever seen that? I mean, that is just yes. sublimely it's off the charts in terms of how how good that is i don't know that's not a very good sentence but they're not doing it justice there there, there was a couple of those sort of channel four comedy series which um never really caught the imagination like you know you know the it crowds and the peep shows of the world um and i always think of stuff it's fast and the other one was the mimic um which were two yeah. like slow burn kind of comedy series which had something a little bit extra to them which like I say, never really grabbed the people and got it, but they deserve watching. So yeah, we weirdly in this podcast about this film, we'll recommend two TV series for you. Yeah, <laughs> what we do in the shadows and staff lets flats. Yeah, <laughs> but he's great in this. I mean, he's got like about three lines and yeah. about thirty seconds on camera, but he kind of steals it while he's there. And so does she when she comes on and does the kind of um, she's like the makeup and I don't know choreographer or something, but the way she she's just doing the sort of Eastern, yeah. Euro- Eastern European broken English sort of thing, which is just nails fantastic. Clear that we've enjoyed this film and I don't think it's going to be any sort of like uh, surprise at the end. We release it from the bunker. Um, but I think that we have to, there are, there are problems with this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Na- namely, I think massively the r- runtime is, it's, it's got to be 40 minutes longer than it should be. Oh yeah, definitely. Bloated. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Matthew, this should have come in under ninety minutes comfortably. This should have been a, a you know, oh, even yeah. pushing the ninety minutes because, I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious there are threads in it that are that, that don't go anywhere, or there's there's bits that are picked up and dropped and sort of skewed and come back to later. There's a whole lot of subplots with Dan Stevens' character, you know, and, and they don't really work. And there's long, long edits, I just say, when it's when you 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 you're just longing for a cut um and but it doesn't happen and i think they could have, as you say they could have shaved that sort of subplot of dan stevens trying to sort of steal uh, rachel McA- uh, mcadams character somehow or twist that kind of twisty love triangle plot that he had thing going on that wasn't yeah. really necessary they could have shaved that off or, or done something else with it but kept all the musical bonkers numbers in all the little nuanced bits with the elves um all the little quirky bits that made it work for me and the silliness between the two and the sort of, you know, the loveliness between the two of them, because they do work together on screen. And I think that's down to Rachel McAdams, to be honest. I mean, Will Farrell wouldn't necessarily wouldn't say he's, he's dialing it in, but he's doing Will Farrell, and he's doing it very well, I would say. But yeah. Rachel, Rachel McAdams and Dan Stevens are, are completely, um, they're going for it, aren't they? Yeah, they're not holding back. I mean, but the the main two of Lars, and, and I mean, even uh, I, I kind of like the running joke of like the, when they kept saying like, "Oh, is this your sister?" And it was like, 
maybe not. <laughs> no, we because, don't think so. Because yeah. <laughs> Pierce probably Bosnian not. Plays, <laughs> probably not. Yes, Pierce Brosnan plays his father, which I think is a, is, is, a, is a good bit of casting as the um, unacceptably attractive <laughs> dad oh, who's yeah, obviously s- slept with in one town and. Um, uh, Will Fowl's character's name is uh, Lars Eriksson, which is obviously the son of Eric and Eric's yeah. first person. And Rachel McAdams is Sigrid Eric's daughter, which is <laughs> 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 obviously uh, Eric's daughter. So <laughs> kind of like they've kind of left this kind of thread there of like, are they actually brother and sister? Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, there was a, 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 this burgeoning sort of love story. Um, mostly forced by the secret side of things. Um, you know, constantly he's sort of cutting it short with the kiss, uh, much to my seven-year-old's delight because she doesn't like the kissing. Oh, um, uh, so, yeah, it's very much uh, like the Princess Bride in that instance. But, um, yeah, so they kept cutting short. But, I mean, obviously he's saying it's for the music and that, but I think that he really believes that there's a good chance that she's his sister. They're related, yeah. <laughs> I think um, it's great seeing Rachel McAdams do this Sorry, watching her um, sort of commit to the role. To to play opposite Will Ferrell when he's doing this sort of stuff, it might be quite challenging because, you know, you, you kind of kind of know he's going to steal the scene or at least attempt to do his, you know, a degree of, you know, ad-libbing and, and, um, and that sort of thing, which sometimes makes the cut or doesn't. But she, you can tell she's just fully endorsed. And I think that really helps to have a, like a, a dual lead that is, is, is kind of on a par with him in terms of comedy chops because she can do really good comedy as we've seen in other movies that she's done. Yeah, yeah, it needs a bit of a strength because you know Will Ferrell's going to go full slapstick and yeah. there is what, I mean, of the, what is it, three, three, four sort of stage show numbers, um, something horrendously physically funny happens to Will Ferrell in all of them, yeah. um, getting ever more grandiose in, in, the, in the size and shape of them, culminating in the, the hamster wheel of doom, which, yeah. uh, <laughs> which, 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 which made me wince and, and, and laugh at the same time. Because, and as I say, I would say to anybody with young children, I think to themselves, maybe I'll just do give it a watch first because there's a, there's a good 10 minutes of sex talk in it, which, which is awkward, and you probably want to fast forward through um, <laughs> if oh. you've got some young ones watching. <laughs> What did you think of Dan Stevens as the Russian Alexander Lemtov? Um, I thought uh, it was much better than he was in The Beast, uh, The Beauty and the Beast. Um, yeah. Brilliant, wasn't it? It was just like, a, like you say, it was, it was bristling. It was a bristling machismo, but with the underlying love for uh, Kevin Swain. <laughs> His hair, I mean, it was oh. magnificent. I mean... We're both uh, follically challenged. I don't, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know if the, if the listeners are aware, but there you go. Um, you are now, but we're both uh, on the no hair side of having hair. Um, <laughs> his hair was glorious and he looked like a lion. He and, like he, a lion. and his sort of, his song was about lion of love or something, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Yeah. He, I would turn for that guy. Um, <laughs> so, and, and Piers Brosnan as, as an older bit of... Uh, bit of fluff? What are you... <laughs> <laughs> Something for the mums? What, what are you trying to say here? Come well, on. even even Piers Brosnan was an absolute dish in this as well, isn't he? I mean, he just everyone in this film is gloriously attractive. But the older he gets, just he's just growing into that beard and that, that grey, and he just looks so oh, chiselled. Yeah. He's such a cool oh. man, and he's playing this uh, dead straight as well. Even the little nuanced bits of him, you know, he's he's still obviously grieving for, you know, Will Ferrell's 
mum and his wife. Obviously, that's kind of a really nice little touch at the very beginning, obviously, because that she died at very young and when he was very young, and that's why he's recluse and this clinging on to the idea of, you know, being obsessed with uh, being in Eurovision and making it as a, a Eurovision artist after watching ABBA play in like the 70s and you can completely believe that that would have been something that would have spurred somebody on and just sort of taken him into some sort of dream and fantasy and Piers Brosnan over the years being just completely brought down by the embarrassment of his <laughs> 50 year old son still doing the uh, fantastic pop songs like Volcano Man uh, which is amazing Shall we bang into the songs then? Let's bang these different. songs in. So there's, there's lots of fantastic musical numbers and, and even the, the two main songs that uh, Fire Saga have are duo, something about being a duo, uh, their main song. And then they've got another song, which obviously they win with, well, they don't win with because they're disqualified in the end, but their personal song that they've written, that she's written, that he yeah. persuades her to perform at the end which is really nice. It had like um, an element of uh, The Greatest Showman to this, this movie where- Oh, I thought I heard a bit, well, they obviously did the uh, hits by numbers for that last one because there's a bit of Adele in there. Yeah. With, uh, uh, my Town. Yeah, like the hometown and she sings in Icelandic yeah. because she's always wanted to. And um, it comes together lovely at the end. And that song, I mean, I don't know. Now, if you want to look at it, if you're a bit of a snob, that's a good song. I'm sorry. And it, it was a goosebump song. And that song would have won Eurovision in most years, unless it's sung by a British person. Which, yeah, but um, Dan Stevens makes a, a, an aside to it. He's like, yeah, there's, there's the UK, uh, good song, but no one likes them, so nil point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is true. But yeah, what did you think of the... Because I mean, I've been singing and hubbing Ya Ya Ding Dong for ever since I watched <laughs> it on, on Saturday. Well, before we get into Yaya Ding Dong, um, there was the, the song, Song Off, or whatever it's called in the middle. Yes, yes. And um, you know what I'm like, Chris, and I, I, my superpower <laughs> is to feel everybody's embarrassment for them. Yeah. And um, it was, I, was, it was, I was off the charts with it because I just felt so bad for everybody that doesn't have that embarrassment gene. I just, you know, it's like a thousand voices cried out at once. <laughs> and I felt their, com their combined embarrassment just lumping on me. Do you squirm then? Are you a squirmer? Oh, I'm a squirmer. I'm like, oh no, they're singing two camera. And it's like, oh no, they forced that person in because I mean, at, at that point, it's like a whole ensemble piece. It's just a pop video, right? It's just a Eurovision best hits pop video. It could oh, it's amazing. A pre-roll for the Euros, uh, Eurovisions next year. It could be like, I'm here um, before we get into the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a whole yeah. big oh, there. Oh, a tell for you there. Before, oh. before we get into that, here is a little ensemble. Ah, what are <laughs> so, they doing there? And then that's what they do. Like, people get out of cars, they're singing, they're all in their full finery. But yeah, I, oh, I, 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 yeah. I did but um, Will Farrell's character, he's loving it, isn't he? He's like, what, what's going on? What is this thing? Oh, yeah, it's that crazy thing we do. Yeah, it's like the song off. Or, and he's lapping it up. He's auto tuned to the max, isn't he, old Will Farrell? Yeah, he's, yeah, but every, I've every, heard <laughs> since I share. <laughs> Weirdly though, Rachel, <laughs> Rachel McAdams is um, she's dubbed in all her singing by uh, Molly Sand Sandon, who's a, an Icelandic artist who's got a fantastic voice. But I have to think, yeah. is that Rachel singing? Because if it, if it was, um, it would have been amazing. It would be my 
blew my socks off that did but um no it wasn't she was maiming uh yeah the the song off was brilliant i love that sort of thing and i didn't squirm my my wife can't even watch a dragon's den pitch without wanting to leave the room Um, (laughs) but this this for me was just sort of brilliant like yeah lapping it up there like some idiot it might have been the um the Thatcher's haze that was taking effect, to be honest, <laughs> by that night. <laughs> uh, yes, that's Thatcher's haze. Um, <laughs> yeah, we need a new drink sponsor. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I love that bit. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. So that's... Yeah, yeah, ding dong. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. Ding dong. But what did you, what did you think of uh, uh, the ding dong song? <laughs> well, um, it's, been, it's an earworm, that's for sure. And it's um, for all of you people out there with smart speakers, um, it's out there and it's available on on Amazon. You can just ask Alexa to play you Yaya Ding Dong and off it goes straight away. And my kids have been running around playing it nonstop and singing today. And and Chris, you, you asked me a question before I got started to have a little look at the lyrics. Because you thought it might be something that's uh, a little bit on the gay side. I'm like, no, it's just Yaya Ding Dong. Um, should, should I read some of the lyrics? Well, yeah, I can't believe you did not take on board any of the sexual innuendo and you've let your children run around singing Yaya Ding Dong for the whole weekend. Yeah, right, read, so the li- the read the lyrics, man. When I feel your gentle touch and things are going our way, I want to spill my love on you all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ding dong, ding dong. My love for you is growing wide. <laughs> this is the bit they know the <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. I swell and burst when I see what we've become. Yeah, ding dong, ding dong. Come, my baby, come, my baby. We can get love on. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. When I see you, I feel a ding dong. <laughs> Don't print the lyrics for your children to sing along to. Wow, love expands the number two. At the elves, I mean, we can't go without mentioning the wonderful elf twist. You know? Yeah, and I, I felt they uh, there was a clapback missing. They should have like the the bit where the elf he, the elf kills the 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 mayor or prime minister, whatever he's of Iceland. Um, you don't see it; you just see a little door, one of the little doors shut from the little elf houses. And maybe at the start of this podcast, because this is an incredibly recent film, we should might mention that there are spoilers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, spoiler alert. So, so we'll, we'll maybe do a, a future Chris or future Matt voice warning of spoilers. Um, but if they'd have just like caught a glimpse of like, you know, a Will Farrell elf elf, then I think it would have been an amazing <coughs> clapback that no one could have ever have wanted anything more than that, surely. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a good idea. Yeah, I don't know why they hadn't thought of that. Why did they think of that? I don't and know. But... elf, talk yeah. about elves. Come on! <laughs> but would it be a problem because of the because of you know its species? Because he's an ELF elf, and they were elves, and they're very different, aren't they? Elves and elves are different. They're a bit murdery, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're very murdery. That whole subplot was uh, I thought was you know completely um, bonkers, but very very enjoyable. There was like four or five really good jokes in this film, and there was you know two or three good set pieces of slapstick, and I feel to try and thread them together, they put in like 90 minutes of filler and it's like, it was, it was a bit too much. I don't know if this would stand up to multiple watches. I'm not sure. I might have to give it a go in a couple of weeks. I might have to say my kids loved it. 
I don't think I could watch it again, but I would listen to the music. Yeah, like you say, that 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 last um, Ingrid song is 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 it's good. It's just a it's a lovely little pop song. It's yeah, and I'm a I'm a real um, music snob, and uh, you know I have been for years. But I'm really warming up to things like that. And the Greatest Showman soundtrack is I just still find that quite enjoyable. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to me. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to me at all. These sort of things just. Eventually, well, I was a, an you today about uh, making you like things that you hate, and apparently, mm. it just takes twelve times—just <coughs> twelve times of eating something that you hate—you'll end up not hating, and then further, you know, eatings will increase your like of it. So, I think it must be the same with the Greatest Showman. I think you just got basically indoctrinated by your children. Yeah, over and over again, and that eventually you're just like you're beaten into submission, and you're just like, yeah, fine, fuck it, well, I like it. Well, even the non, the sort of non, um, even the soundtrack, like the non-songy songs, uh, a lot of them is done by Sigur Ross, who I've, I, I love that band. Hey, it's uh, Future Chris here again. We forgot to read out all the tweets and social media gubbins uh, in the podcast. So I'm inserting it here. So on Instagram, Mike from Genuine Chit Chat Podcast said, I watched this the other night and although it's dumb, I found it to be really good fun. Some genuinely funny moments and cool songs. Gareth Morgan on Twitter said, it's hard to in the right place and it's a good send up. But at over two hours is about 20 minutes too long which we totally agree. The Craggers, friend of the podcast, says, watched it last night, throwaway fun, with Will Ferrell's usual shtick thankfully dialed back a bit. Dan Stevens is a hoot, but the script needed just one more polish to make it really click. Emily Murray, another friend of the podcast, I was pleasantly surprised by how sweet it was. It's not hugely funny, but makes up for it with charm and some absolute bops. Totally agree there. Matty Honeyman on Twitter said, watching it now, maybe Lionel Matthews, should get in touch for a share of the royalties. Lyra Bellaquow. I hope I've pronounced that right. I'm fairly certain I haven't. But uh, here we go. We loved it. Then again, we lived in Europe for years and laughed our way through the dozen schlocky Eurovisions. Americans who are unfamiliar with it may not get the joke. Only thing they missed was the crazy biased voting by countries that make out their biggest rivals. No points. And Baz Burton on Facebook said, wonderfully shite. Yeah, so I think eventually we have to sort of decide what we're doing. I think it's fairly obvious. I mean, the, 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 the elves have already spoken on this because they have they've secretly been bumping up uh, the score, which is kind of what they do throughout the movie. They make things happen, don't they? So, to the <laughs> yeah, final. Yeah. so maybe it is the elves um, that are the contributing to this. So, you know, we don't need, they don't need us. Uh, they've got their own good luck. So the elves have basically talked talk to the, the, the bunker overlords and said, you know, this is not a bunker movie. And everyone's been basically on everyone's on board with it now they've been sucker punched into submission there, there is there is a lot of good feeling for this film around the internet everywhere you see people are like oh my god i watched it i didn't want to like it i ended up liking it so there is there is a lot of love out there everyone that has watched it will agree it's half an hour to 40 minutes too long and even that yeah. is probably a stretch but that aside you have to just go with the flow and if you enjoy everything camp and, and kitsch about Eurovision, all just being part of that, of being Europe, basically, and the, the openness and the freedom of being able to move around from city to city uh, and enjoy the delights of it without any restrictions. <laughs> you're you're going to be well and, well and truly on board. If you, for instance, 
weren't like that and you, you didn't uh, believe in free movement and potentially having a nice time in those of other countries with your fellow Europeans, you probably won't like oh, it. The, and the then piss taken of the Americans in it as well is, is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That. that leaves us with just jettisoning off uh, the movie out of the bunker through the pipe. Pew, there it goes. Uh, and landing in everyone's uh, Netflix cupboard. Shot out of the ding dong. Uh, yeah, yeah, ding dong. <laughs> Where it goes. Until until the last until the next time we speak, Matthew. I guess it's goodbye from me. Um, we're not the two bodies. <laughs> we're not doing this. <laughs> I've said this before. You cannot just steal someone's exit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ding hey, dong. Goodbye. <laughs> Say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, yeah. I don't know what that was. That was some insulting uh, European accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fine. Ding so, dong. so middly, roughly Northern European that no one's going to be insulted because no one knows if it's for them or not. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.